Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. A football schedule coming soon time. Uh, Football rankings are here time. So we have plenty of football to discuss time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Recording this, I guess you could say, early Thursday evening. Uh, We'll call it early Thursday evening. Uh, But you might be listening to this Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Saturday uh, there's some qualities in this one that will that will keep it fresh for a few days. So we got plenty to discuss on this podcast. Not just me from parts unknown in the uh, 865 area code that we've established that we can mention. Uh, it is Patrick Brown. Pat, what's going on, man? I must just uh, got a new garage door put in at the house. Uh, it looks real good. It's real quiet. Uh, we finally have two clickers now. We only had one, so it's been uh, with my wife starting back Ooh, yeah. uh, some uh, working somewhat normally this week. It's been like musical chairs with one garage door opener. I can imagine that. We live, you know, uh, Fort Rucker Studio here is just about, I guess, what, two and a half, two, two and a half miles from campus downtown, sort of that area there in Old North Knoxville. So we uh, have a street parking more or less here in this old Yeah, house. you don't have a garage. No, no, we don't have. A You're over there slumming it. We we're slumming it over here in our big uh, Victorian built by General Custer in 1898 or whenever it was. Pat, we got plenty to discuss on this episode, and uh, none of it will be Jaron Jackson. We'll, we'll we'll pour one out for the for the Memphis Grizzlies. There, that's I don't I don't want to talk about the Bubble Grizzlies. I just I was just I was just going to mention that that the, for for the basketball fans here in the state, uh, tough tough news there for the for the Grizzle. That's that's less than. Less than good news, uh, and uh, I'm not going to gloat about that because I also enjoy watching the Grizzlies play, and that has been unfortunate. Uh, in better news, the Cubs might never lose again, so that's been good to see. Uh, but with Tennessee football in particular, got a couple of news items here we're going to discuss. Tennessee getting a really nice commitment from a, uh, a preferential walk-on treatment, especially uh, J.T. Carver, a kicker from Westview High School up there in northwest Tennessee there at Martin High School. Uh, home of UT Martin, the Skyhawks, formerly the Baby Vols. Getting him, uh, this is a guy who, you know, is arguably one of the top 10, 15 kickers in the country in the 2021 class. Getting him for free on a preferential walk-on scholarship, that's a coup. Uh, I mean, the kid was thinking about walking on to Michigan, too. UT Martin had offered. Others were going to offer him, surely. He's a very talented kicker. Uh, so for those talking about how Tennessee was going to fit a, a kicker into that class, well, here's a, here's probably the best-case scenario. You get a really good kicker or scholarship-caliber kicker for free. So we're going to discuss that a little bit later in the week. Also got some news that we're going to discuss in the second segment of this episode. Uh, Pat, we, we got Tennessee, uh, the, the college, uh, I guess you would say the coaches poll 
uh, Amway, USA Today, whatever it is now. It blah, is blah, the coach's poll. It is. We'll just call it the coach's poll. That was released on Thursday. Tennessee just missed out on that, as Bob Euchre might say. Just a bit outside. We're going to discuss that a little bit more in the second segment as well. Thought Tennessee probably... Uh, maybe not should have, but definitely could have been in there. Some people think Tennessee definitely should have been in there. So we'll discuss that more in the second segment as well. But some news here in the first segment that we can, that we can squeeze in, Pat. It, it looks like Tennessee, we're still waiting on the SEC to announce that that 10-game schedule. We know that Tennessee's, we know eight of Tennessee's eight, eight of Tennessee's 10 opponents, I should say, if I can speak English correctly. We know who they're going to be. We don't know who the other two are going to be, and we don't know when the games are going to be played. So that could be released uh, tonight, Thursday night, it could be released Friday. We're, we're not really sure, uh, unless you've got better information than I do, Pat, on when that's going to come out. Uh, I thought it was going to be this week. Uh, technically, this week isn't over, um, so I guess I'm still within that time frame. But uh, I mean, like, come on, guys, let's get it. Let's let's get it going. We 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 need this information. We had this settled three weeks ago too. Uh, now it, it's a matter of which, <laughs> the, yeah, the lottery idea. Which yeah, it's a matter of which it's a matter of which uh, Govals twenty four seven rider you believe coined that idea. We're still having some internal debates on that. Don't want to air our public laundry, but we know it was me, and Pat's going to say it was him, and, and that's okay. It's not a big deal. Uh, but Pat, in, in all seriousness, we're not actually having any debates about it. I, that just needs to be known. Just, I don't really care. <laughs> just needs to be out there. Uh, but Pat, we, we, there is more discussion now. We know when Tennessee is going to start practice. We know a little bit about what that schedule is going to look like, and it, it's going to be just a completely different year in a lot of ways because I don't think we're going to be any as media anywhere near the players physically, anywhere near the coaches physically. So we're going to do a lot of things. Uh, via Zoom, we're going to do a lot of interviews and a lot of on our cell phones. It, it's going to be a different year if, if it happens, but it looks like now at least there's something resembling a, a schedule out there. Yeah, to kind of take everyone through how it got to this point, uh, originally the NCAA came out, I think it was maybe May, um, and set a new kind of uh, set the calendar as a new run into the start of the season, uh, which meant basically, unless you were one of the few teams that were playing at the end of August, if you were opening Labor Day weekend, you could start 29 days before your first mm-hmm. game, which would have been August 7th, which would have been tomorrow um, or Friday, as we're depending on when you're listening to this podcast. I need to do better about knowing, uh, saying, <laughs> not revealing those things. Anyways, um, so when the season got pushed back three weeks from Labor Day weekend to September 26th, the thought was, well, if they keep the 29-day limit in there, then then teams are starting August 28th. Um, And that's, you know, more than a week after Tennessee starts fall classes. Um, And the SEC came out on Tuesday and and said that the first date for allowable practice is August 17th. So that is, if you're counting at home, that is 10 days from Friday or a week from Monday. So um, that's when... Uh, Tennessee will be able to hit the practice field. As you mentioned, Wes, I don't know how much practice we at the media will get to see, if any. Uh, probably be a lot of Zoom calls with Coach uh, with Pruitt and with uh, his players. Uh, I know Tennessee's uh, media relations department is, is going to do the best they can in sort of these unusual circumstances. I know you, you guys on the basketball beat have already talked to uh, a player here or there, so probably going to be a lot of that. Uh, and, and we'll have to do some digging behind the scenes to figure out who's looking good, what's going on. But uh, what's other what what's interesting about this lineup is that um, what is it twenty five teams can practice twenty five times. Um, they have the usual acclimatization period. I can't say that word. I never have been able to. I can't spell it either. I spelled it wrong in the story that I wrote the other day. 
Um, and then team, you know, players get two days off each week, which I think is a little bit different than normal. So uh, when Tennessee starts practice, they'll have two practices in helmets, two in shells, which is shoulder pads and shorts, and the fifth practice they can go full pads. Um, what is continuing between um, starting Friday and then running through the first day of practice is uh, teams are still allowed to do workouts, uh, meetings, and walkthroughs. So uh, it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of guys that are getting a lot of, a lot of mental work that uh, they either missed in the spring or if you're a newcomer that you normally wouldn't get um, if, you were, if this was a normal situation. If you're a freshman, uh, you don't get a lot of time with your coaching staff in the summer before you hit, uh, before you hit the practice field. And uh, when you get out on the practice field, things are going 100 miles an hour and you're expected to know what you're supposed to do. And it can be pretty demanding. But uh, in this situation, uh, you know, and we heard Pruitt talk, talk a lot about it in May and April. He didn't think that uh, the unique offseason would really be a detriment to uh, a first-year player coming in and making a, a big impact. And, and this, this kind of setup is why, because they're getting a lot of mental work. They're getting a lot of film review. They're getting a lot of meeting time um, and some work with the coaching staff before they hit practice. It's a little bit relaxed. It's not as uh, – I'm sure there's a, an in intensity to it and a pace, but um, it's a chance for them to sort of learn before they have to go out there and do it, which um, it will give them an advantage that some of maybe their – uh, their peer side and there's a lot of young guys on this team that played a little bit last season that kind of needed a, a full spring practice to uh, to continue their development and, and they're going to get a chance to uh, um, you know to go through those things as well and it's going to help them learn and it's going to help them be ready when they do at the practice field here and what will be uh, 10 days from Friday. So yeah I mean it, it, it's definitely going to be different uh, and, and I like that there are some things with safety that they're that, that they're trying to go over. I, I'm not sure what maybe an extra off day during the week necessarily does for safety. I, I, I'm not really sure what that does, to be honest with you, but I know that that's where their intention is on that, so that's good to see. Um, it, it's definitely, if there's a season, it, it's not going to be anything like the one that we're accustomed to, to seeing, you know. Uh, I don't think, you know, and I'm not talking about us in the media. It's going to be different for us, but, most of you out there listening, you you care infinitely more, and you should care infinitely more about what it looks like for the fans, what the experience is like for the players. So, so we don't know what any of that is is going to look like. But if there's a season, uh, I think everything, including camp, is going to be different. We can agree on that, right? I mean, nothing about this is going to look normal if it happens. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, even just the lead into it with you know you. You know, teams getting an hour a day for meetings, an hour a day through uh, through walkthroughs with the football. I mean, that's those little things like that. I, I think coaches are appreciative of the opportunity uh, that they're getting to work with their teams in that capacity because normally they wouldn't. Um, and so they, they feel like they can get some young guys uh, maybe more ready than they would be able to in the past. Um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if Tennessee has some some young guys that step up and, and take advantage of those things and, and turn. Uh, sort of the head start they've been able to get before they even have their first practice as, uh, as the college player, if they can kind of take what they learn and, and apply it there and, and, you know, get a role, you know, get a starting job, maybe get a rotational role, you know, carve out some playing time for themselves. So, um, and yeah, it, it, it's going to be different. We obviously still have a lot of question marks. We're still waiting on the schedule. Obviously we're still waiting to find out who uh, Tennessee's other two uh, SEC West opponents are going to be. Um, all I can say is that it will be two of Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas A&M. That's as, as specific as I'm going to get at this point. Um, there's a chance that, you know, they may have gone back and forth on a few different models uh, of what they're going to do. I don't know if the league is going to come out and just announce the schedule all at once. I don't know if they're going to come out and uh, announce just the, 
you know, who the two additions are to the schedule for everybody. I don't know if they're going to do that in installments like some other teams have done. Obviously, the Big 12, uh, the Big 10 has announced, I believe, its full schedule with dates and everything. Uh, the ACC has as well. I think they did, they announced theirs on Thursday. So I'm um, still waiting on that. Obviously, we're still – I would think at some point this month, Wes, we'll, we'll find out what Tennessee's plan is in terms of fan attendance, if any. Um, and then, you know, the, another thing that's been coming about this week is – uh, as players opting out, you know, we've seen Micah Parsons at Penn State, Gregory Russo at Miami. He's probably one of, you know, looks like a top 10 pick for sure, uh, has decided to opt out. There's a few other big names that have said they're not opting out. I know Jamar Chase is one of those guys that um, our Chris Summer talked to somebody, I think, in his family, and uh, Chase is full speed ahead. And I don't know if Tennessee has a lot of, a lot of guys that are going to be thinking about opting out, but the big one is probably Trey Smith. I think if there's anybody that maybe to keep an eye on uh, who have, might have a, an actual decision to make, probably Trey Smith. I'm not saying that's, you know, something's going to happen either way. Um, but that seems to be kind of, you know, the topic du jour this week, a couple of South Carolina players have, have opted out. Auburn had a player, I think uh, just a few minutes before we got on here has, has opted out as well. So there's just so many questions Wes, between now and the end of August. And uh, I think we need to try to be optimistic here. We need to speak it into existence, if you will. Yeah, that's fine. We need I to mean, be, I, yeah, let's I mean, be, let's be positive. And maybe, maybe if we're positive then the season will happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think there's value in being optimistic, you know, as as long as it's somewhere within the realm of possibility, you know, and and I think we'll keep it there. It's not like we're going to be naive about this, you know. We have I, we have Ryan on the staff to be. It's true, that is the wet that, blanket. That is true, uh, but but I think that that, that listen at, at this point, I, I would be surprised if if there weren't you know wasn't at least one Tennessee player who opted out that just seems to be what people are doing i think that's a very personal decision for people and I, I can't fault anyone for doing that. And I hope the NCAA allows them to just take almost a gap year and, and not not make them redshirt. I think that that would be BS. Uh, the NCAA has said that they are going to, you know, put those players that opt out for, for COVID concerns will have their scholarships monitored. Now, that leads to a lot of questions. We have a couple que- had a couple questions this week on the board about do they automatically get redshirts? Um, I, I didn't specifically see what the NCAA said about that. So if a player has taken a red shirt and they decide to opt out, do they get another year of eligibility? Um, you know, some of these guys are opting out to go pro, which is different. Um, obviously, I think Parsons is one of those guys. So I think he's going to graduate. Uh, and Russo is another guy that's probably opting out partially for health concerns and partially because uh, I think he probably has an eye on the NFL, which is fine. If, he, if he's a top 10 pick, then <laughs> who am I to tell him that he should do that? But um but yeah, and, and you know, the only way that I see, we had this question on the board. If the only the only way I see them expanding the eighty five limit for the for scholarships is if they don't have a season, and even then they might not. But that's a bridge that I don't think anybody wants to think about until they have to. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. And and there's, you know, we'll, we'll try to be optimistic, Pat. Well, let, let let's. I, I I agree with that. I think Ramey's the one who has 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 said some of these things too. I, I think it's important because. There are so many things in this world that we can be pessimistic about right now, and really, it's it's not even pessimism. It's just realism looking at the way things are. So who, what's it going to hurt to be a little optimistic, right? I mean, as long as you're you know doing what you should be doing and doing everything you can control in your world to kind of do your part for this whole thing, let, 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 let's have some optimism, you know? Let's have some optimism. Let's let's try to speak this thing into existence. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, we're going to come back from break, and we won't 
I don't think we'll have to mention COVID at all because we're going to talk about the coaches poll that came out. It was released on Thursday, which would be earlier today, the day that we're recording this. Uh, and Tennessee w- was not on there, but uh, you know, a lot of people think Tennessee should have been on there. Tennessee was almost on there, and we got plenty to discuss there. And it will have, uh, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, nothing to do with uh, COVID. So hang on, we're going to go pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, all those other fun things, and we will be right back here on the Go Balls Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Hashtag ad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you heard just a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location uh, somewhere in the 865 area code. Uh, where there's a fresh garage door. So if you want to drive around all of uh, the 865 area code and look at houses that look like they have brand new garage doors, uh, one of them uh, might be Patrick Brown's. So happy hunting out there, everyone. Uh, Before we talk about Tennessee and the coaches poll and everything that was released on Thursday, I'm going to mention this again. You're probably going to get tired of hearing it, uh, but I'm not going to apologize. We're going to do this. Guys, please go in and rate and review this podcast. Please subscribe to it, whether wherever you're listening to it now. If you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, if you're listening to it on uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you're listening to this, please go hit that subscribe button. Please go in there and rate and review this podcast. We're happy to do this for free, but there is nothing you can do that will help us more than rating and reviewing this podcast. It'll take you just a minute. It'll help us a lot. Please, please, please go in there and do that. Good for us. Good for our network. Good for the sponsors. Good for everybody. And we can keep doing this thing for free, which is absolutely what we want to do. Pat, the coaches poll was released on uh, Thursday, as we've mentioned a little bit a couple times in this podcast. And and Tennessee not in there. I, I kind of thought Tennessee might be in there, but Tennessee and Boise State were tied for essentially the number 26 spot. Um, 
Unfortunately, there are only 25 teams in the poll. Uh, Virginia Tech was ranked 24th with 143 points. Uh, Iowa State had 135 points there at 25th. And then the Vols and Boise State had 111 uh, apiece right there at 26th. What what did you make of that, Pat? I know that we'll get into what some other people have said about that. Uh, But first, I want to know what you think about this. Do you think this was about where Tennessee should have been? Do you think it was too high? Do you think it was too low? Where where do you think – where did this meet your expectations, and, and do you think it's fair? Well, this isn't the sexy answer, but I think it's probably about right. I think I would have called Tennessee a, a fringe top 25 team uh, going into this season. Um, I think they potentially have that capability uh, of playing their way into being a team that's ranked on a weekly basis. Um, but for me, there's also a little bit of, of show me, you know, there's a, there's a show me element to this. You know, I, I was eager to see what, what Tennessee, what they were going to do with those games, those four games against uh, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Oklahoma. I think those are big opportunity games for Tennessee to uh, sort of take the next step, uh, take the next step as a program. You know, they obviously had a great run at the end of last season, um, but when you look at the teams they beat, it's not like they were, you know, pulling a bunch of upsets uh, down the stretch last season. You know, they were beating some solid teams and they were beating some bad teams. Um, and I wanted to see, with another recruiting class, with another year of, of uh, the program being run the way on a day-to-day basis and, and things being done the way that Jeremy Pruitt wants them. I wanted to see how they stacked up against the, uh, you know, three of the top teams in the SEC and, and, and a team in, in Oklahoma that's uh, one of the big 12 and just about going to going to playoff just about every year, but uh, not going to get that opportunity with Oklahoma. Uh, we'll see what the SEC does in terms of Tennessee schedule. Probably, you know, given the way the SEC West is, it's probably going to be hard to avoid at least getting one more, uh, top 10 top 15 caliber team um on the schedule uh and, and if, if if the sec wants to throw uh, throw a wrench at tennessee uh then they might give them two so we'll we'll have to wait and see how that plays out but uh, I, yeah i think i kind of view them as a as a fringe top 25 team you know they got some votes at the in the poll at the end of last season but uh i guess a whole other conversation is is preseason polls in general i think they're a waste of time but uh, it's nice to talk about now. Yeah, it, it gives. I'm not. It, I'm not saying that this is a dumb idea and we shouldn't be talking about it. But no, I mean, I think not it's to fine. make you feel bad. Yeah, no, I think there's a Steve Spurrier used to call this talking season, and that's what this is right now. It's talking season, and uh, without spring practice, that throws even more complications into it. With everything else going on in the world that we won't mention because we said we weren't going to, that throws a lot into it as well. Things are positivity. I love yeah, it. Things are things are different right now. Let's just not say that, that that they're worse. Let's not say they're better. Let's just say things are different right now. That's where we can all agree. Things are different right now. So that, but that basically all those uncertainties, they've added to what was already going to be a a lot of, you know, the lot of uncertainty that you have going into any college football season, because you're, you know, most teams are lose roughly 25, 30% of their roster, give or take every single year. Uh, You know, you've got a lot of teams that have a lot of talent, but they're trying to replace a lot of people with unproven guys. And even if you were a five-star or four-star recruit, there's no guarantee that you're going to come in and be as good as the guy who was there before you. So there are all kinds of questions. And and I think that's right, Pat. It's, I think there's merit in, in, in preseason polls, but I think the problem that I have with them is when they become a, a crutch to lean on or a bias that affects things later in the season. If you want to throw uh, things out there going into the season of what you think teams will look like, that's fine. But once games are played, you should then judge only on what you've seen. 
that's the problem I have is that I think every year in college football there and basketball for that point too, even though a lot of teams open with some sort of some weak opponents, you ought to be able your first week or your preseason poll and your week two poll uh, should not look very similar at all because once the game is kicked off, once the season is started, you should be judged not on what you did last year. You should be judged on what you are now. That's the only problem I have with it is when you kind of, you know, when you put the two things together. I don't like that. But I think going into the season, it gives people something to talk about. Uh, It lets people kind of, you know, throw some things up against a wall, see if they were right, and they can beat their chest at the end of the year if they were right. But I, I thought Tennessee would be in this poll. And I'm not saying it's disrespectful that they weren't. I'll, I'll speak, speak more on that in a second. But I thought somewhere in 21 to 25 in that range, I think that would have been fair because no matter who you're playing, you, you know, they 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 won their past six games. Uh, they gave Alabama a really good fight down there in Tuscaloosa. I think that, that what they showed out there, they have the ability to to be a a top 25 caliber team. And so I don't think it's disrespectful because you, you gotta you gotta prove some things if you're Tennessee, right? You've not earned the benefit of the doubt. If you're Tennessee, you've not earned that. Now you've earned the right for people to think that you're intriguing. You've earned the right for people to say, hey, you know, these guys have got some things together now. Pruitt's recruited well, they're coaching well, they're developing players. Uh, so, so there's reason to to believe things can get better, uh, but overall, I, I think that you kind of have to say you can't call it disrespectful because what's Tennessee done to earn that respect on a national scale recently? Well, even then, it's it's not like they're 45th. I mean, they're they're the team that was just outside the poll getting the most votes. So uh, it's like it's like in Talladega Nights when when we kind of asked Ricky Bobby if he can win a race and and. Ricky tells them that it's okay. You're finishing second. It's not like you're finishing 15th. You're finishing second. I mean, it's, you know, Tennessee's, they're right there on the edge of the pole. It's not like they're, you know, it's like they got one vote and are down there with some other teams that uh, got one or two votes. Um, You know, they're they're right there on the edge. And that's what I thought they would be. I thought they'd be a fringe top 25 team going into the season. Um, And top 25 polls in the preseason, they're probably more predictions than anything. They're probably what you think, you know, how how to look at the end of the season. Cause like you said, after the first game, after, you know, after the first week of games, there's, uh, you know, you have stuff to evaluate. And we saw it a few years ago when Tennessee was in the top 10 going into the 2016 season, they had the game against Appalachian state and dropped like 10 spots. Um, you know, that, that's a sign of, uh, of things changing from a preseason sort of predicting what'll happen in the entire season to, okay, now you have something to evaluate. Um, and this is probably more the case for the AP poll, you know, the coaches poll, is a little bit different. Who knows who's filling those things out? If it's really coaches, we know, you know, having, having voted in the AP poll twice, uh, if you cover a team, you don't, it's not like you get to watch every other team because it's very on Saturdays. That would be a lot watching, of DVRing. You're, yeah, you're, you're, you're paying attention to scores. You're watching highlights. You're keep, you know, you may be watching one game while you're covering a game, but you're a lot of your focus for most of Saturday is, um, is on the game that your team covers. And, uh, it's even less that way for coaches because, you know, I, I, uh, you know they'll they'll watch film during the week, but they're not going to be. You mean the SID poll, which is what it is? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not like coaches. You know their their Saturdays are even busier than ours, obviously, because they have a game to get ready for, they have a team to prepare, uh, and they have recruits to to deal with. And um, and if they're on the road, they're they're traveling and, and doing that routine. So um, that that's that that's the thing. And in this particular case, um, I may be jumping a bridge here, but you know a preseason poll 
may have more than, you know, may have more merit this year because, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week with the SEC schedule. Maybe it was earlier this week. I can't remember, to be honest. Um, it all runs together. If, but if you're determining a strength of schedule component to determine how you're going to try to make it fair and equitable, which is the term Philip Fulmer used and sharing what the message was from, from Greg Sankey about how to fill out the rest of the schedule. Uh, as we talked about last, whenever it was, you can't really take what happened last season because it's a totally new team and you can't really, you know, take anything from this season because it hasn't happened yet. So you're kind of, uh, you're kind of having to predict a little bit and, and the SEC may be doing that with the, you know, with the league in terms of trying to determine, okay, do, you know, are they ranking teams on, on some sort of scale? Are they saying, okay, here's the, you know, here's the order uh, of, you know, uh, of teams in the league, how they stack up and, and maybe using that as a metric of some kind that way uh, to determine what would be a fair schedule for everybody. And it's not going to be fair for everybody. There's going to be a team or two. And so he might be one of them that ends up kind of mad about uh, how, how the schedule played out, but um, you know, preseason predictive rankings um, as we're talking about the coaches poll in particular, though, it, it, you know, if you expand it to what the SEC is doing and trying to, uh, determine what a schedule is going to be. Maybe it carries more weight than just being something to talk about um, and and fodder for Spurrier's talking season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, and because if you if you can't play, you know, non conference games, and I know some leagues might play a non conference game here or there, but if you've got the you know the the two most dominant conferences in college football, which I would I suppose you would call the SEC and the and the Big Ten at this point. Um, I, I don't know how you would, and the Big Twelve might argue there, but you know I, I think the Big Ten in general probably has more uh, pretty pretty good teams. So I, I think that that if those two leagues are not playing, you know, non conference opponents, I don't know how you can fairly come up with a four team playoff unless you just go out there and say, okay, for this year only. Um, you know, whatever, these conferences all get their champion gets in the pool. Uh, I don't I don't know, you know, because a lot of times you would have two SEC teams in there, but I, I don't know how you can look at it this year and say, oh, well, clearly this second team from this league is better than the second team from this league. I don't know how you would you would make that call. So do you have is it a situation there where you say, okay, SEC, you know, the, the top three leagues from last season and the strength of, of conference or strength of schedule, whatever it is, you get uh, you get one team in, your champion gets in, and then we'll take a fourth from wherever the best team is that, that we think. So that way you're only trying to make one objective decision on or subjective decision on which team is better. Or you expand the playoff and go to eight teams and kind of each conference gets its, you know, best one in there. Uh, champion in there and then you add a couple more teams I don't know exactly how you do it but it's just a mess isn't it when, when you're trying to figure out if you don't play non-conference games the big leagues don't how do you figure out a playoff I, I don't know now we're getting ahead of ourselves there because Tennessee's got a lot of games to play 10 games hopefully knock on wood and, and are you predicting them to play in, in the playoff this season is that what you're doing not 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 necessarily I, I'm talking more from a national perspective I, I'm just saying how do you how do you make that decision? But with Tennessee's schedule in particular, uh, it makes a big difference because we know that – Pat, will you, will you list those five teams again, the teams that it could be? They're going to pick two from this five. It's it's LSU, Auburn, A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Is that the five? I don't teams? even need – you didn't even need me. But, but those are the five teams? 
Those are the five because they're already playing Alabama and they're already playing Arkansas. Yeah, so you've got LSU who's ranked fifth nationally going into the season. Auburn 11, Texas A&M 13. So unless Tennessee gets, um, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Tennessee's going to have at least one top 13 team that's going to be preseason that's going to be added to the schedule. So, you know, maybe you say, okay, probably one from that Ole Miss-Mississippi State pile and then probably one from that LSU-Auburn A&M pile. That's just a guess. Um, I don't know how they're going to make this thing work. But but that, to me, um, I still think it's a fun schedule. It's not going to be the same without, you know, fans if they're not there. And, you know, if we're covering this thing via Zoom, that's going to be way different. It would be hard to judge the atmosphere and all those things for some of us. But I, I think when you look at the schedule, if you can focus on just the games on the field, uh, and when you take the pageantry out of college football, it definitely loses some of its luster, but you still get to watch a game. So if you're Tennessee, you look at this, and if they play this full schedule, I mean, it's still a fun schedule, isn't it? You're getting more SEC games, which is, to play off the first segment, an optimistic thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what that's what the people want. I think people would rather see Tennessee play LSU or Texas A&M, Ole Miss, any of those teams, rather than Charlotte. Ermin, Troy, I mean, no offense to those teams, um, you know, but they want to see these big games. They want to see, you know, Tennessee play the Oklahomas of the world. Uh, uh, you know, and, and there's something to be said, though. I mean, th- those games against Group of Five and the smaller program, smaller programs, those are those aren't going to go away because um, that's just sort of the uh, the order of. Uh, business in college football you have the big guys you have the little guys the little guys need to play the big guys for the money uh and the big guys need the little guys to pad the win total it's just that's just how it goes uh they need those little guys to have more home games have seven eight home games a season and and generate that revenue so um but yeah it's you know tennessee's schedule was going to be tough anyway um even if they dropped oklahoma off the schedule as you mentioned the, the sec west the way it is you're probably going to get one of uh, Auburn, A&M, or LSU, um, and each of those teams has, you know, I wouldn't put either of those teams uh, necessarily on Alabama's level at this point. Um, A&M still, you know, they, they got a lot of players back, a lot of experience. Yeah, that team, may have, of, that, that team may have been overrated a little bit in the poll, I think. There's play, a play, play a lot of freshmen last season. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at their past two seasons. <laughs> they've lost twice to Alabama, twice to Clemson. Uh, they've lost to Auburn, LSU. I mean, their, their losses – I think like all but two of them are against like top 10 teams, which uh, I know they're paying Jimbo Fisher title, you know, national title contending money, but um, in his first two seasons taking over what he took over, it's probably not a surprise that they lost some of those games. Um, And and Auburn, you know, they've got a lot to replace on the offensive and defensive lines and and LSU lost, you know, more than a dozen draft picks. Uh, So uh, all those teams are very talented though. um, And they're probably more talented on paper than Tennessee is. So, uh, Falls will probably not be favored in any of those games. They probably would be favored to beat Ole Miss, Mississippi State. So probably, uh, but you you knew that even lo- you know even having Oklahoma drop off the schedule, you knew you were probably going to get another top fifteen team. Question is, are they going to get another one, or are they going to get Ole Miss, Mississippi State? And that's something we're not going to know until the SEC announces what the heck is going on. I-, I will say this before we get out of here, Pat. If you want, if, if you want to, if you want to keep being optimistic about it, and by the way, that sound you heard a moment ago was me very professionally dropping my pen cap on a hardwood floor here in the studio. So apologies for that. But you know, I, I think that if you want to be optimistic about it, and that's what we're trying to do here, 
if you got to go play LSU at LSU sometime in the next couple years anyway, why not go ahead and do it now? Because there's going to be at most not that many fans in the stadium, maybe none at all. That that might be a pretty good deal to go ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah, and, and there, that's there's kind of two sides of it from a fan perspective, at least for me. And I'm not a fan, so I could be speaking out of out of turn here. But uh, on one hand, you want to see Tennessee win a bunch of games, and and if you want Tennessee to win some games, you probably want them to end up drawing Ole Miss, Mississippi State as their extra two games. Um, but on the other hand, um, if you're going to watch Tennessee go play in Baton Rouge, wouldn't you rather do it when the stadium's full at night? I mean, would you rather be part of that scene? I mean, that's true. And if you're a ten- and, if you're a Tennessee fan, you know this is the year you would host Florida and Alabama at home. Yeah, and, and you know, from and from Texas A&M standpoint, they haven't played at Neyland Stadium yet since they joined the league. Uh, I think they were supposed to 2023, I believe. I think that's right. Um, and it would be unfortunate if A&M's first game here was in an empty stadium, or not an empty stadium, but a mostly empty stadium. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, that that would be. That would be an unfortunate situation from a fan standpoint. Um, from a team standpoint, I think everybody knows, uh, and, and, and Fulmer mentioned this last week when he was on um, uh, WNML here in town, but uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, you're, you're playing 10 SEC games in 11 weeks, essentially. Uh, it, it's going to take its toll physically on players. Um, this is a brutal league. Um, it, it's a grind of a league. Uh, anybody can be anybody on any given week, maybe except for Vanderbilt and Arkansas. Sorry, guys. Um, apologies. <laughs> apologies in advance. Who knows? Sam Pittman may have Arkansas better than everyone thinks uh, in his first season, but um, it, it, it's it, it's going to be tough. I mean, the schedule immediately got tougher when Tennessee swapped three likely wins um, for probably what is at best, maybe two toss-up games. I mean, yeah. The, who knows? Even if the Tennessee did draw the Mississippi schools, you know they're under first-year coaches. Uh, say you play one of those teams right off the bat, that's going to be tough to prepare for. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin and and Mike Leach have, have gotten the job done at other programs before, so those games could be more squirrely than you think. Uh, even though on paper you might have more talent, and even though on paper you might prefer those two to playing AM, LSU, or Auburn, two of those three. So, um, yeah, I mean, you knew it was going to get tougher and. Um, kind of circling back to the to the poll situation, if Tennessee's able to, you know, beat a couple of those teams that maybe they're they're not expected to beat, or or win a couple of games as as an underdog as as they really did a couple of times last season, uh, then then they'll end the year in the top twenty five. But um, <laughs> you know what uh, might be the most optimistic thing about this entire season is that if things go, you know, knock on wood, the, the, the way that, that we hope they do at this point, which is best-case scenario, which is a 10-team conference-only schedule, and then we'll see about a postseason, is that if, if your school goes does really well this season, you can say that it's, you know, just like any other year. And if your school has a really rough year, you can say, oh, well, you know, it's kind of an asterisk here anyway. You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's it's kind of it's whatever. You, you get to have the best of both worlds if you want to be a, if you want to be that kind of fan right now. If you want to be just completely, you know, oblivious to to bad news and you're so sunny and so rosy about everything, you can say, hey, if this season sucks, did it really matter? I mean, I, I think everybody. I don't want to say gets a pass. Um, if somebody goes out and has like a Butch Jones 2017 season, and I'm sorry to bring that up because I know we said we were going to be positive. Oof, yeah. Um, if somebody goes and does that, then there might be some 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 pink slips handed out. But I just I can't imagine 
even in even in the cutthroat SEC, somebody firing somebody at the end of this particular season. I yeah, mean, it's and, just, and there it's aren't just... really there aren't really nearly as many coaches on the hot seat going into the season as normal. I wouldn't imagine you got a lot of guys wow. who. Wow, I don't know about that. I mean, you got a few. I mean, you you never know. I mean, the the situation at Vanderbilt is what it is. Uh, you know, you've got the situation. You know, you never know with Malzahn. Is he going to get a lucrative extension or is he going to be canned? You never really know. But it seems like it, maybe it seems like there are fewer hot seat possibilities than normal. You got two new school, uh, two new coaches at the Mississippi schools. I mean, you know, you got a new coach at Arkansas. I mean, you, you know, it seems like you're, you're, you don't have as many guys as normal on a hot seat. I might be wrong about that. I mean, you got Muschamp and you've got, um, you know, certainly at Vanderbilt, you got the situation there and then gosh, who know, you never know with Malzahn, but other than that, am I missing anything there? No. I mean, I don't know. You got you got a new coach at Missouri too. I mean, I it just to me it seems like it's not, you know, especially given the circumstances. Like I said, you can just kind of say, "Hey, this year didn't matter if it sucks." I don't know. You know who's you know who's optimistic is Joel Klatt. I don't know if you saw, but he said that he thought Tennessee could win nine or ten games this season. <sighs> now was he was he was he talking about the twelve game schedule or the ten game schedule uh, at that point? Well, because uh, either way, that's he, big. I'm just. He might have been talking about the regular schedule, but he definitely said it multiple days after the league, after the SEC said it was only playing 10 conference games. So if he's talking about nine or 10 in that 10 win schedule, you can almost start. That's pretty good. You might want to start pre- procuring the medals or procuring the, yeah. uh, the stuff for the statue that you're going to need. Uh, you already need to be working on the bust at that point. At that point. I mean, you gotta, you gotta go ahead and get those materials ordered. You know, you and gotta make the, Got to go to a quarry and get those get those things ready, and and get the hyphen and the letter to change it to Neyland Pruitt Stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's a good point. And on that incredibly optimistic note, Pat, anything else you want before we uh, check on out of here? Uh, no, I just uh, I want the schedule to drop. Preferably, uh, when I'm ready for it, but I've been ready for it for about two or three days now. So, well, I'm gonna let's go uh, SEC. At some point in the next couple of days, I'll what I'll do is I'll plan to either mow the yard or go out to the family farm. And when I do that, I guarantee you that's when the schedule will come out. So I'll take your computer out there. Do you guys have Wi-Fi out there? In, <laughs> are, in the... you, are you kidding me? No, <laughs> we don't even know we get LTE out there. <laughs> Part, parts of it, you go out there and you're like, are there still places without bars? Yeah, I guess there are. Turns on kind of where you are. So. Yeah, that's uh, Maynardville life for you, I suppose. Union County life. Patriots for life. We're going to have some Maynardville people call in and say, heck yeah, we got awesome Wi-Fi out here. I mean. You're going to look like a fool. (laughs) I'm sure some of them do. It's just our farm sure doesn't. I can tell you that much. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Guys, thank you as always. If I can hit this button to get the music started. Thank you. There it is. Very much for listening to us. You can listen to us always on these feeds please go subscribe to this podcast please go rate and review it that would be very very much appreciated in the meantime though uh, you can follow all of us on social media i'm west rucker 24 7 on twitter patrick brown is p brown 24 7 on twitter grant ramey is grant ramey on twitter and ryan callahan is ryan callahan 24 7 on twitter or if you want tennessee only news nothing personal none of that other stuff you can get that at twitter.com slash go 24 7 which is virtually all tennessee all the time you can also go to facebook.com slash go 24 7 we got a lot of people uh, who do a lot of work uh, putting some things nationally and regionally and us locally on that page so there's a lot of good stuff there at facebook.com slash go 24 7 or you can go directly to 
to the source, get that delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water just right from the tap. Just go right there into the stream and get it at GoBalls247.com. Always got all kinds of good deals on there, 50% off annuals, things of that nature. Go check that out. And if you want to pay us the full subscription, which again, is cheaper than one mediocre lunch per month. If you do that, you also get access to CBS All Access, which is CBS's CBS's streaming platform, uh, which, you know, if you've seen everything on a lot of the other streaming services, go check out CBS All Access. For commercial free, you can get everything in the CBS archive. You can get uh, all the shows that have ever been done on CBS. You can get stuff from Smithsonian Channel, from Comedy Central, from, uh, from BET, from MTV, from Nickelodeon. For the kids out there, tons of stuff on Nickelodeon always or if you want to throw back to your own childhood watch some of those old Nickelodeon shows you can do that there all of those shows are there and that is more than a $100 annual value for free and you also get live sports including right now the Europa League and the Champions League which are now owned by CBS Viacom so for the next couple of years you can get a lot of the best best European soccer to offer you get live uh, SEC football live NFL football you, you get all kinds of stuff NCAA March Madness NCAA NCAA basketball, SEC basketball, just all kinds of stuff on there. Your local channels, all that stuff you can get for free, for free in perpetuity as long as you pay us for a subscription. So go check that out. Uh, If nothing else, guys, you'll hear from us, I guess, a little bit later in the week. We'll do some recruiting stuff uh, and some other things. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy the weather out there. Enjoy each other. Uh, Stay safe, and we'll see you soon. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.